0: Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. And one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make... America wealthy again, we will make America strong again, we will make America proud Friends, again. welcome to Praying for and America and uh, advance wishes for a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing a Thanksgiving program tonight and then taking a break until after the Thanksgiving weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday and I hope you have a really, really great time of prayer and uh, Fellowship, family, as well as friends, as well as fellow believers and patriots. We are um, going to talk about a little bit of the history of this observance of our nation and Thanksgiving. It really goes to, it really reveals something about the very heart of America. Uh, And this 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 is very important for us as we go into the celebration of the holiday. We, especially as patriots who are trying to save America, defend America, that we're able to remind people that Thanksgiving tells us something very key about the core of America. We're going to get into that and also talk about some of the biblical roots of uh, how do we do this? How do we give thanks? What, what, is this, what does this mean? How can we adequately thank the infinite God for His gifts? We're in limited. How can you ever adequately thank God? We're going to explore that from a biblical perspective and... Uh, Let's go right to, uh, well, I want to go right to prayer of thanksgiving and an extended prayer of thanksgiving. Because as we, be- as we begin the celebration of this holiday and with whatever else we're going to do, all the trappings of the feast, whether it's the food or the parades uh, uh, or just the visiting with, with, with people that we, that we know and love, uh, this is the core of it, isn't it? Uh, we don't give thanksgiving in just some kind of vague way that we don't know whom we're thanking. We know whom we're thanking, right? The Lord God and our f- founders knew him and our founders invoked him and so do we. So we're going to turn to Psalm 136. It's a substantial psalm of thanksgiving and it has a, a refrain to it that we can all uh, uh, repeat together for his love endures forever. This is what we're thanking him for because everything else springs from his love. He is love. It's infinite. And because he loves us, he created us. And because he loves us, he defends us. And because he loves us, he gives us gifts, such as freedom and the gift of our nation. And because he loves us, he remains faithful to us, even when things get dark, even when the nation we love is on decline. Not out of its own weakness. On decline because people are systematically attacking it from within and from without. Our thanksgiving, therefore, leads to recommitment to save and to bless our nation. In that spirit then, let's go to the Word of God and pray together Psalm 136. O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His Love endures forever. To Him who alone does great wonders, for His Love endures forever. To Him who, by understanding, made the heavens, for His Love endures forever. To Him who spread out the earth above the waters, for His Love endures forever. To Him who made the great lights, for His Love endures forever. The sun to rule in the day, for his love endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule over the night, for his love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, for his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, for his love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his love endures forever, and made Israel pass through its midst, for his love endures forever, but threw Pharaoh and his force into the sea, for his love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his love endures forever, and killed mighty kings, for his love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his love endures forever, and Og, the king of Bashan, for his love endures forever, and gave their land as a heritage, for his love endures forever, a heritage to Israel his servant, for his love endures forever. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state, for his love endures forever, and rescued us from our foes, for his love endures forever, who gives food to all living things, for his love endures forever. To the God of heaven, give thanks, for his love endures forever. Let us pray. Lord, we can say in the spirit of this psalm that we give thanks to you for America, for your love endures forever. We give thanks for our Constitution. We give thanks for the protection you've given this nation from attacks, from wars, from civil war, and you did that because your love endures forever. We thank you, Lord, for the fact that with peaceful elections, with peaceful reversals of Supreme Court decisions. You have rescued our nation from going too deeply down the wrong path, such as the path of segregation, such as the path of abortion. Through the processes you have given us in our Constitution, the Court has been able to correct these errors and many others. We give thanks to you, Lord, because religious freedom is being restored. We give thanks to you, Lord, because the protection of innocent life is being restored. We give thanks to you, Lord God, because we still have it in our hands to save this nation. We thank you for the vote, Lord God, because of our gratitude, we, we are committed to protect the integrity of the vote. But help us focus, Lord God, on using the tools you give us to defend those gifts for which we give thanks. We pray all this through Christ our Lord, amen. So the pilgrims, some 53 of them or so who survived the journey, pilgrims from the Mayflower, Plymouth, Massachusetts, 1621, got together with about 90 Native Americans And they had a feast, a feast of thanksgiving. This was not the only celebration that arose in various parts of the growing United States. But it was one of them that most significantly marks the history of this holiday. They had a feast and they gave thanks for God's protection on them and for the harvest. They gave thanks for the fruits of the earth, for the goods that, as Psalm 136 says, God gives food to all living things. And many different observances of thanksgiving arose at different times in our history with different levels of participation, with different levels of formal government recognition. And that by itself tells us something. It's not like Thanksgiving was started just because a A president or somebody else decreed it at a certain point in time and told everybody to do it. It arose organically because we are a people who acknowledge God. People who came to this land, sought religious freedom, and the ability to worship God in public. Thanksgiving, the the, the very holiday itself, is a public act of worship of God. Declaration of Independence mentions God four times because that's the declaration of our principles. The Constitution is more the like going into the engine room, okay? That's the mechanism to live out our liberty. But what that liberty consists of is, is, is what the Declaration says and why we fight for it and where it comes from. And it comes from God. That, of course, is the, is the ultimate reason for Thanksgiving. So as Thanksgiving evolved, you had these different observances at different times in different places spurred on for different reasons. And President Lincoln, for example, made a proclamation of Thanksgiving as our nation was coming out the dark tunnel of the the Civil War. And various people have given thanks at various different times. Again, different degrees of government recognition. But the point is that the motives for our thanksgiving have grown. Because as the pilgrims and Native Americans gave thanks for the bounty of God in nature, so as our Constitution and our Declaration were put together, we gave thanks. And I want to read from a proclamation that President George Washington gave in 1789, just as this process had come together, and we're still getting finalized. And uh, let me read from this proclamation of, uh, of George Washington, president of, first president of the United States, because in it he gives a, 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 an, a clear outline of the principles on which our country is founded when it comes to belief in and reliance on God, and hence the motives for our thanksgiving. He says, Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor, and whereas both Houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now, therefore, do I recommend and assign Thursday the 26th of November next to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being. Now, notice something. He invokes God as the God of all the nations and says there's a duty here of all nations, to acknowledge and thank him. What does that mean? That means that that duty cannot possibly arise just from some government power of the United States. What authority, after all, would our country have over all the nations of the rest of the world? Notice what George Washington is doing here. He's appealing to a law higher than anything the United States can ever come up with, higher therefore than our constitution it's a natural law and our fathers acknowledge the laws of nature and of nature's god right in the declaration so he's appealing to that and notice at the same time it's not a government mandating of religion because he says the house both houses of congress that represent the will of the people not the will of government coming down on the people but the will of the people being expressed through government, they requested me to recommend, he uses the word recommend to the people, this public thanksgiving. It's not like you're going to be imprisoned if you don't give thanks to God. You're going to be taxed if you don't believe in God. It's not that at all. It's not the government establishment of a church nor the government imposition of religion. It's acknowledging that We all belong to God and we need Him. And notice that right away in talking about the favors that God has given us, he says he gave us an opportunity to establish this government in a peaceful way to establish this government. So then he goes on to acknowledge that God is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be. Again, this transcends any particular government or nation. And what do we give thanks to him for? He mentions several things his kind care and protection. This was 1789. The American Revolution had not been that far in, in the past. He gives thanks, in, in fact, specifically for God's providence in the course of and conclusion of the late war, for the tranquility, for the union, for the plenty that we experienced. And notice this, for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish constitutions of government for our safety and happiness, and particularly the national one now lately instituted for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed. Civil liberty. He's giving thanks. This is crucially important to understand. He's giving thanks to God that we have a form of government that ensures our liberty. Now, how does it ensure our liberty? Because no king or despot can can exercise tyranny over the people. The Declaration of Independence was a declaration of independence from tyranny. The power was given to the people, and so we thank God for this gift of liberty, and liberty comes precisely when we acknowledge God is the only ruler, and anybody that serves in government is serving and working to secure rights that were given to the people by that same God. So you see how the the, the motives of thanksgiving are intertwined with the very structure of our government. Thank you, Lord, for a system of government that's based on a constitution, that's not based on whether the king wakes up with a stomachache or not. That's not based on the the whims of, of, of one man or one group of men, but that it is in a constitution. This is what we mean when we say we are a people, a nation of laws, not of men. In other words, that it's not the will of the ruler that prevails. Ultimately, it's the Constitution that's securing the liberties of the people. The only ruler we have is God. So civil liberty, he gives thanks for religious liberty. Again, we can worship freely. And then he goes on to give thanks for the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge. Useful knowledge. Not vain knowledge, not just information, but useful knowledge. And for all the great and various favors bestowed on us. Then he goes into, after thanking God for all these things, a prayer for pardon. When we turn to the Lord, we always have to do so with an awareness of our sinfulness. So he asks that in this prayer of thanksgiving, we beseech God... To pardon, I'm quoting him, to pardon our national and other transgressions. There are not only sins of an individual, there are sins of a nation. Our founders were very much aware that the Constitution they established had the road map towards getting rid of slavery. They couldn't put it as an edict right from the start, though otherwise they never would have brought the, the nation together. But it was precisely the road to get out of it. And certainly you can see slavery as a national transgression. We can see abortion as a national transgression. We have allowed through national policies and state policies for babies to be slaughtered by the tens of millions. So he asks for uh, the people to ask forgiveness. Then, Lord, enable us to carry out our duties. He says, our several and relative duties, carried about properly and punctually. And then he says, let's ask God's blessing to all the people by constantly being a government of wise, just, and constitutional laws, discreetly and faithfully executed and obeyed. Again, you notice, freedom from tyranny, constitutional laws, not royal edicts and finally and george washington was one of those who said this government of self this experiment of self-governance will not succeed unless we have religion and morality as the pillars because the people can't govern themselves unless they know which way to go you can't govern yourself if you don't know what's good for you so he says to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue There it is. That's what must go along with the mechanism of the Constitution. The mechanism to govern oneself does not necessarily guarantee that you're going to govern yourself in the right direction. The the mechanics for passing a law doesn't necessarily mean that it will end up being a just law. The people who are governed, the people indeed who govern, have to know the law of God and have to be people of virtue. This is what he is putting here in this proclamation of thanksgiving. To promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue, and the increase of science among them. Science in the sense of knowledge. And to grant, finally, this is interesting, unto all mankind such a degree of temporal prosperity as he alone knows to be best. He doesn't say give us Give us riches and plenty without limit. Because that's not necessarily what's best. Because then we become lazy and then we become arrogant and then we become trustful more of ourselves than of the God on whom we rely. Give us, Lord, temporal prosperity, yes, but to the degree that you alone know is best. Keep us on our toes, in other words. Beautiful proclamation of Thanksgiving. Again, that's President George Washington, 1789. And it, to- it shows us, again, how our country has been founded. It shows us what's at the heart of it. What's at the biblical heart of this? How do we give thanks? After all, God is infinite. We can never repay Him because we're finite. So right away, there's an imbalance that can never really be overcome because you've got an infinite God, infinitely generous. He, we, we couldn't ask to be created. We couldn't earn it because we didn't exist. So he creates us totally out of free love and then goes farther and dies for us while we were still sinners. It's just the whole thing is just astonishing. So when it comes to us giving him thanks, how do we do it? What do we have to offer him that isn't already his gift? And of course, there's nothing that isn't already his gift. But we can take our cue from a lot of scriptures, but let me point to two in particular. In the first letter of Peter, chapter 2, Jesus talks about, or Peter rather, talks about how the church is structured and how we within the church are are priests. Baptized into Christ the high priest, we are able to offer sacrifices. Just as the priests of old offered sacrifices, we are able to offer spiritual sacrifices. (coughs) So Peter says, In 1 Peter 2, starting with verse 4, Come to him a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So here's the image The priests used to offer sacrifice, and sometimes those sacrifices were offered in the the temple. We are now a living temple, each of us living stones. This is an analogous uh, image to the image of the body of Christ or the vine, the living uh, vine, and we are the branches. But all of it is Christ, right? Who is the temple? Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I will rebuild it. He was speaking of the temple of his body. We are the body of Christ and individually members of it, Paul tells us. I am the vine, you are the branches, Jesus said. It is in that temple, that is in our bodies as well as in our souls, that now we, priests of Jesus Christ, offer spiritual sacrifices to God We can only do it in and through Christ. When we pray as Christians, what do we say? We say we pray in Jesus' name. We pray through Jesus Christ our Lord. Why? Because He opened the way for us. Only He opens the way to the Father. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. But this also answers the question, how can we possibly thank God when there's that infinite gap between us and him, we sinful creatures, he the perfect Almighty One, the answer is we do it through Jesus Christ because Jesus has become the sacrifice that we can then offer back to God. Now, Jesus offers himself to the Father. Obviously, he did that on Calvary. But the point is now he associates us with that offering in some mysterious way. Scripture tells us, We are priests. We are offering spiritual sacrifices. Peter says it right here. You are a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. How can they be acceptable to God? We're sinful, limited creatures. We can never repay Him. But we do have a gift of infinite value. Jesus Christ Himself, who has given Himself for us and who allows us now to be joined with His act of making that sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Father. This ties into an eternal thanksgiving, an eternal thanksgiving. It's already going on, it will go on forever, and we will be part of it, and we are part of it even now. When St. John in the book of Revelation sees the 144,000 and then he sees a crowd, as he says in verse nine, that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. This crowd was standing before the throne and before the Lamb, Christ Jesus. The Lamb, right? Because he sacrificed. This is a sacrifice of thanksgiving. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with one loud voice. And this is the voice of thanksgiving. And this is the voice to be echoed in us and through us as we celebrate this holiday. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God. Forever and ever. Amen. It's an eternal prayer. And when we say our humble thanks to God with our families and friends and just even just on our own, this holiday, we are joining in that eternal worship. We are doing so because of who we are, the body of Christ. We do have an an infinite gift to offer to God, nothing of our own, but the gift of Christ himself. And yes, we do it as Americans or as people, for those watching who are not Americans, but who love America. We do it because we know that this is all. All of this is at the heart of our nation and at the heart of liberty, that we acknowledge God and worship Him alone. Him alone. Let us give thanks. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this great American holiday, which is Thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for being able to celebrate it with deep understanding of why we are thanking you and how, biblically, we are justified and obliged to thank you. Bless us, Lord, as we move forward with this celebration. And may we always find in you infinite reasons to give thanks and infinite joy in doing so. And now we pray for all our intentions, for all our needs, Lord God, we sum them all up in the perfect prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, thank you friends. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll uh, be taking a little break and we will see you after the holiday weekend. We'll see you again on Monday night. Meanwhile, let's stay connected on social media. You'll be uh, seeing my posts throughout the coming days at FR Frank Pavone. That's at FR Frank Pavone. And stay connected with our main ministry and website at endabortion.us, endabortion.us. God bless you, friends. We'll talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.